Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Extreme close-up. And here we go. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine by an eating machine. It's really a miracle of evolution. Are you telling me you built a time machine? What's so funny? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's drink. Me. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Extreme Close-Up. I'm Dennis. I'm Brandon. And this is the Oscars After Party. It is exciting. I can't wait to talk about this because it changed my mind about everything that we've said in the past. Um, I, I would agree with that, yeah. No, I, I definitely would agree with that. Um, for those of you that listened to the last episode, um, we did talk a lot about the, um, I mean, it was the whole Oscar prediction episode and, um, I've changed some since then. Um, I mean, this is easy to say after the Oscars, but, um, Brandon can attest to some of the stuff that I was saying on the, on the, uh, podcast, I've completely changed. And, um, that was due to the fact to me seeing two, uh, very important movies before the Oscars and that was Parasite and, uh, Ford versus Ferrari. So that was completing my, um, best picture nominee viewing experience. Yeah. And, and so real quick before we get there, because, because I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but, but just thinking back over everything that was said in that last episode, there was two things that I said that I want to say that my mind was totally changed after I saw the Oscars. Um, One is, after seeing the clips that they played of the movie Bombshell, I want to see this movie. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty interested in it. I I wasn't very interested in it when I saw the trailers and all that stuff. I don't know that I ever saw an official trailer. I always just saw the movie posters, and I was like, I don't want to... There was nothing, there was not a pool, but... When I saw what appeared to be like some just brilliant performances and then brilliant like makeup artistry work, as far as you thought that these were the ladies that they were portraying, like the, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, when... it was insane. I mean, I'm I'm surprised that uh, there wasn't more buzz around this movie just in the fact that the makeup was so spot on that you could have thought that you were watching the people that they were trying to portray. Yeah, I and and if you remember um, last week's episode, I really had it for uh, Joker, even though that's not like my favorite movie in the world. I was like, the eh, Aaron makeup. I mean, you're. I mean, it's the Joker. Like, if if I could say you know a few things about the Joker, one would be like I think the hair and the makeup looked really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's other things like you know the cinematography and all that stuff, but. Um, 
and we'll get to some other jokes. Yeah, but after after seeing those clips of that movie and then seeing that it got awarded the Oscar bombshell, just the clips, the Academy got this one right. Oh yeah, I mean, and I I had barely seen anything about bombshell, Mm -hmm. and then they show these clips, and I'm like, wait, (laughs) that's not Megyn Kelly. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is insane, and then. I think also how they did up, uh, I, I don't know who played Roger Ailes, but I mean, it looked exactly like Roger Ailes. Like they, I mean, this is a very good achievement in, um, in bom- or for Bombshell and for, you know, the makeup industry. And um, I mean, I, I think it was right that after seeing those clips, even though I haven't seen the whole movie, Compared to the other nominees, mm-hmm. I think it was right that they uh, they won the Academy Award for achievement in makeup and hairstyling. Yeah, and and then the second thing before we get started, because I know that there's a there's a method to the madness, right? But was I did go back and watch the trailer for Parasite, and I have to admit that I thought that it was like a horror movie. See, and and maybe I was basing that on the title, and when I saw the poster, I mean, it looked like somebody's laying out in a yard somewhere. And so, from not seeing the trailer, from seeing the movie poster, and then hearing the word Parasite, I thought it was a horror movie. But then when I saw the trailer, I was like, whoa, hold on. That's not what this is. Right. And um, I remember watching, I, I didn't even watch the trailer. I saw the poster. I saw the, the title. And um, I saw that it was made by uh, Pong Joon-ho, which I... He's one of your favorite directors. I, I like, I mean, I like his movies. You talk I, about I like, I like Host. I like uh, Snowpiercer. And, um, Which you tried to get me to buy again this week. It's so good. I bought it, like, um, I had seen it a bunch of times before, but I finally bought it, you know, a few months back. Just, you know, to have. But, um, yeah, seeing his past movies, which not really, well, I wouldn't consider them very scary movies, but and then see, but they are they know they deal with like um, they deal with class and they deal with um, you know uh, like sci-fi type elements. Mm-hmm. I mean, but not like sci- like dystopian type elements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I was looking at this poster and I was like, okay, this is this is gonna be like a horror movie or or like at least a thriller, like a scary thriller type thing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had no interest in it, and everybody kept telling me, you know, you gotta watch Parasite, you gotta watch Parasite. And um, I finally watched a trailer, and I um, this was about a month or so back uh, before the nominees came out, and and I watched it, and it kind of intrigued me, and I was like, I really need to watch this movie, and I like Pong Joon Ho, um, so but I finally got around to it the the week before. Um, the week before the Oscars, so mm-hmm. um, and and I'm I, I wish I would have watched it sooner yeah. to be well, honest. See, and, and all I've seen is the trailer, but but like now I'm really like maybe maybe I do want to see this movie. Yeah, I mean, it won Best Picture, it won Best International Film, yeah, one Best What Screenplay, I believe, the Best is. Original Screenplay, um, Best Picture, Best International Film, Best Director. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one more that it won too. Um, but I, I can't remember what it is. But um, I think it I think it walked away with uh, either tying for the most wins or with nineteen seventeen or the most wins. Mm-hmm. And um, but but anyway, but, but those were the two standout for me because 
after I saw after I saw the trailers and then also even the clips that they played at the Academy uh, for both of those films, I, I was like, man, maybe maybe I, I need to go back and, and take a look at this. But I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to go back and watch because I think uh, that and uh, there were four movies that actually really interested me after watching the Oscars that uh, one of which I had never heard of. And then the other three I obviously had heard of, but, you know, wish that, um, or other two, sorry, that I had heard of, but, you know, I wish I'd probably seen before the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And of course it's Bombshell. Um, the one that I hadn't seen was Pain and Glory. And I I heard it was really good and it's Antonio Banderas and it had to, I mean, his acting just had to probably be phenomenal because I mean, it's. It's the only thing that it's nominated for. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, Harriet. I really want to see Harriet now. Yeah, and I picked up a copy of Harriet about a week ago, I guess. And my wife and I have been wanting to watch this because we believe that the performance, it looks like it's going to be just phenomenal. You know, and she did get a Best Actress nomination for that. Right, And, and, and I don't know... She's probably been in a bunch of other stuff, but I remember her from uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Right, right. That was and, the first time I think that I'd ever seen her in something. Yeah, and I just thought, man, this is like a really standout performance. And, um, you know, I mean, it really it really shone brighter, even though, I mean, when you've got somebody like Jeff Bridges mm-hmm. and John Hamm and Dakota Fanning and even Chris Hemsworth, and your outstanding performance is somebody that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm a big fan of Jeff Bridges. Right. And so when when you when you capture me more than Jeff Bridges captures right. me yeah, she, in a she, movie. Yeah, she totally took that movie. And, and what's funny is I don't remember hearing a lot about that film. No. When it came out. But the year, was it last year or the year before? I can't remember. Um, 20, but, 2017, I believe, was when Okay, 2017. Out. That was one of the best films of 2017, though. Yeah, I... Um, no, it, it was great. But yeah. but anyway, so her performance, but not only that, what about um, when she sung at the Oscars? That was just oh, amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I, I mean, she, Again, she took the show. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that, I mean, and then they would play like little um, interstitials, like where she told her story about how she, um, you know, came to be cast in Harriet and, and how she felt about it and all that stuff. And I think the the story of, of Harriet Tubman is, I mean, obviously a very inspiring story and a very uh, story about a very courageous woman um, living in a time where it was very hard for um, for someone like that to do what she did. But um, I, I think that, uh, to be honest, I don't know if I could have think thought of anybody else that was perfect for that for, role. For that role. What, what's her last name? Uh, is it Avero? Avero. Is it Cynthia Avero? Yeah. It sounds or, right. Or yeah. it, it's a, it's a. Um, if that's not right, then it's probably like a Vero or a Varo mm-hmm. or something like that. Like it's it's in that pronunciation she, range. She is, she is definitely an actress to watch. She has a phenomenal career ahead of her. Yeah, and and you know what? Even if she has been in a bunch of stuff before, I think that I mean I think she's about to blast off. Like yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I just haven't heard of her before. I mean, um, I, I think I remember. Uh, oh, it's Cynthia Revo, not a, a okay. Bar- okay. But um, I haven't heard of her anything else before, and that just may be like me not watching a bunch of stuff before recently. Well, her uh, performance, her performance was so um, captivating 
in bad times at the El Royale that when we first saw the trailer for Harriet, my wife knew exactly who it was. Right. Like and she like she knew exactly because and, and but that's what I'm talking about. That's when you know you have a actress that's at the top of her game when she can not only outshine everyone on the screen, but you you can see her in one thing and it's that impactful to where then you see another trailer coming out and you're excited, you know exactly who the star of the show is. Right. So I okay, so I guess I don't feel as bad. Um, she did a lot of theater stuff from since like 2011, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't watch a lot of theater. She was in um, she was in Sister Act. Uh, oh wow, she played uh, Sister Mary Clarence in Sister Act, like on Broadway. Okay. Uh, so I mean, good good stuff back in 2011 and 2012. Um, I've seen her in some TV stuff. Like I watched Mr. Selfridge. She was in that for two episodes. Um, I watched her in Broad City. I think I remember her in Broad City. But as far as movies go, yeah, see, I, I don't the, her, watch much TV, so. her first movie was uh, Widows and then Bad Times at the El Royale. And it actually came out in 2018. Yeah, so this would be her third major picture? Yes. Okay. And then I, I think she's in this uh, other film coming out in 2021 called Chaos Walking. And then she's in another one that's TBA called Needle in a Haystack. I'm just reading off of Wikipedia, to be honest. But the thing that I saw last night that I think me and you were both very excited for with her in it was um, um, Genius Aretha. Yes. Where she's going to play Aretha Franklin. Yes. On National National Geographic. Okay. Yes. Yes, when we saw the trailer for that, we were just like, oh, my word. I mean, it was, yeah. I I can't wait. First of all, Aretha Franklin. Yeah, exactly. One of the the greatest. And then I can't, you know, and, and I know that, if I'm not mistaken, Jennifer Hudson's supposed to play her later this year. That, that's what you were saying, and and to and, be honest, and, and I think Cynthia is going to outshine Jennifer Hudson in the, this role. See, and and that's uh, because Jennifer Hudson not only a great singer but also a great actress as well. Right, but I mean, I she's think, an Academy Award winning actress. Yeah, yeah, and um, I don't know. I think that that Cynthia is just. I mean. I've seen her in more stuff recently, and not not that I there have, there is something I don't know. I you, it's like it's like one of those one of those people that you can't put your finger on it, but they have exactly what it takes to be the biggest star in the world. Exactly. No, right? I, I agree with that. No, I, it, um, an, I, 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 I can imagine like a casting agent or anyone meeting her, and as soon as they meet her, they're like, "You're a star." I, yeah, I mean, exactly. that's how. I, and they in their minds, it's probably just going crazy, going. You could be in this. You could be in this. You could be in this because they ha- they already know what what needs to be cast, right? Uh, you know, as far as an output of what's going to be coming out film wise, and so right. they, they're already thinking about that. Um, but she is, yeah. She, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what her career is going to do. Yeah, no, exactly. And and she's one of those actresses that it's like, okay, well, now I'll see everything you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, I mean, you've 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 proven yourself to me, like with the first movie that I watched with you in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she, her charisma. I mean, is just. I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's off the chart. I, I yeah, mean, I'm excited. I'm excited. So, um, I guess like, how do you? I guess how do you want to do this? Do you want to just go through the list and talk about what won, or do you want to go through like major things and then? I would say let's go through the major things. Okay. Um. So they did it kind of weird this year. I, the the way they um, the way they uh did the Oscars. Uh, I'm talking about order in which they presented. Um, was kind of 
interesting to me. I, it seemed to almost have no rhyme or reason until like the last three, mm-hmm. which is of course the three that everybody talks about, you know, the best actor, the best actress and uh, best film. Um, very early on they did, um, they did, what was it? Uh, best animated. Uh, here, let's just start at the top of this list provided by the Academy. Um, the, the first one that they provide is the performance by an actor in a leading role. And um, obviously, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I, I had Adam Driver down to win. Um, and who did you... Did you have Joaquin Phoenix or did you have uh, Jonathan Price? I think Jonathan Price is who, who I thought was going... Or who my, my choice was. And I did finish that film, The Two Popes. And uh, I'm telling you, Jonathan Price's performance, I stand by that. I think that it is uh, definitely one of the best performances of the two, year. Two Popes is a great movie. Uh, yeah. But um, I will say this, I think that especially watching the, you know, film clips of their performances, I begin to think, really, anyone who won, I would have been happy because they were all solid performances. Exactly. Um, and even though I hadn't seen Pain and Glory, they always show like the, um, the little acting reel, which, I mean, I, I don't remember seeing anything like this in years past. When they were showing the clips for, um, you know, anything that was nominated, it was done in a, I think, a totally different style that I actually really enjoyed. Um, the way they cut it together, it was more like a, a sizzle reel of like all of the nominees. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, they would let, um, they would let voice from one go over, like bleed over into another. And it would almost be like descriptive of the second movies, like, uh, portrayal or stuff like, I mean, they, they did a really good job with that. Uh, especially uh, best screenplay ones mm-hmm. where they would have, um, I don't know if you've ever seen like the videos on Facebook where they have like, uh, I forget what page does it, where they have the scene going and they have the screenplay like um, scrolling underneath. I really like those videos, but that's kind of how they did it. Whereas they had the, um, they had the screenplay type text, the courier font over the, um, the picture and it would give like scene direction that was in the screenplay and all that stuff. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, beyond that, though, uh, I, I mean, I thought the same thing. Anybody on this list could have won. Mm-hmm. I was hoping for Adam Driver because I really like Adam Driver. You know, when they played his his clip, um, I will say that I, re- I remember because I remember looking at you and I was like, you know, he did. That was a solid. I, it was like I, re- I recalled that. He had a very solid performance. Oh yeah, and, no, he, know, so. he was great, and and I think he does. I, even though I like him as Kylo Ren, I think he does very well performing like uh, slice of life movies mm-hmm. and slice of life TV shows and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I, I think that might be like his like bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, I guess say what you will about the Joker movie. I, I mean, you can't deny his performance in that movie. Yeah, I mean, and even though I tried to like use all the force in the world to stop it, um, yeah, I'm pretty upset about that. (laughs) I think that, um, I was actually surprised that they gave it to him, to be honest, even though they gave him the Golden Globe. But, um, I I didn't think that the Academy was really going to give anything to Joker, but what they did give to Joker was honestly the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Like they gave uh, best original score and they gave best 
performance by an actor. And when they went through and they had the um, the house orchestra play all the scores from mm-hmm. all the movies, I mean, Joe, the one for Joker was honestly the best one. Yeah. So thinking about two actors who win Academy Awards for playing the Joker, and then you think about the two who have not. Yeah. You almost think that the scripts were like so different. It was was so laughable when you when you really think about it, though. Yeah. Right. So Jack Nicholson, even though during his time uh, with that character, we had never seen anything like that. And I still I like it just because he's so he's so creepy in in that role, right? Well, and and I saw um, I saw this thing that uh, somebody posted on Facebook. It was like. 1989 Oscar winner winning actor plays Joker and then um, it was like 2008 which is when yeah 2008 uh, Joker actor wins Oscar mm-hmm. and then it's like 2016 Oscar winning actor plays Joker and then now 2019 uh, Joker player wins Oscar <laughs> like yeah. they just I mean but if you look at all four of those performances of Joker I mean two really stand out Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's the ones that won the Oscar yeah. and were nominated for it. Oh, absolutely. And I, I still say um, I would have loved to see what Heath Ledger would have continued to do with that role. Yeah, because, I mean, he was he was supposed to have a, uh, I don't, I mean, we'll never know exactly how big of a role he was going to have in um, The Dark Knight Rises. But apparently he was supposed to have a role. And even in early trailers, there were like... Um, I think they were still trying to like think about like, you know, because there was, there was a very distinct scene or a, you know, a small clip in one of the trailers where it was in prison and everybody had, you know, on the orange jumpsuits Mm -hmm. and then somebody was like doing a cartwheel in an orange jumpsuit and they're like, Oh, is that the Joker? Is that the Joker? What are they going to do? But, um, but I think that some of that is like people's like, they, they fall in love with a character. Yeah. And they want that character to come back so bad. So bad. It's the it's the Iron Man effect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it started you know with with Heath Ledger as the Joker, but I mean, now our our modern day one is is or not to say modern day, but uh, this decade one is the Joker or is a uh, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. You know, I think that this is going to really um, kind of seal a sequel for yeah, Joker. I, but it's but it's interesting to think what what are they you know what is the goal because uh, I've listened to a lot of the director's commentary of what they were trying to create with Joker and he seems to be focused on we were going to create a movie that focused on a person dealing with these issues but we were going to make him like the Joker. We were, you know, right. it was like they were almost using that to get people to come see the film more than anything else. And maybe that's why the film works the way that it does in promoting like Joaquin's performance the way it does because people even though it's a it, it's somebody that's struggling with mental illness, they relate some way or they want him to win some way because it's a beloved comic book villain. Right. And, um, see, I, man, I think that, again, say what you will about this movie. I think that this is one of those movies that, um, and I could be wrong, but, um, uh, I think of it like the Lego movie or men in black or, 
Uh, I'm trying to think of another movie that was like they captured this lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, Ghostbusters, right? And, well, and Ghostbusters, yeah. They captured this lightning in a bottle. And um, now I think if they try to come out with a sequel, I think they're going to try to reproduce it, and I don't know if it's going to do the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, not that it's going to be a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, not by any means. I think that well, that at, everybody look involved. DC's, look what DC is doing with the Harley Quinn character. You know, they they, yeah. they had a massive flop with the Suicide Squad, and then now from some of the things that I've read over this past uh, few days, it it sounds like Harley Quinn is underperforming by more than twenty million what they anticipated it to at this point. Exactly, and um, and I I, I, I haven't seen it honestly. I don't really have any intention to see it. But well, it, it just kind of seems like they can't get people to come see films like that for some reason. Yeah, and I think a lot of I think a lot of what is um, I haven't seen the movie yet, but a lot I think a lot of what people are afraid of maybe is it being like the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it is. It doesn't. It doesn't look like it is, and, well, and well, you but know, it has this heart, heartbreaking about the Suicide Squad is you had some some of my all time favorite actors like Will Smith is one of my favorite actors. Yeah, and Denzel Washington are two of my favorite leading men. But if you if you take what they did with the, the character though, they 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 have this film and they don't do anything with Will Smith. They have Will Smith in this comic book movie and they really don't do anything with him. Well, and and I guess uh, we better like clarify. <laughs> the the movie is Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. and and we have to clarify this because James Gunn's movie is called The Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. and it's I guess it's going to be kind of like a soft reboot of the franchise. Mm-hmm. But um, I think they maybe should have waited to do Birds of Prey after that movie, yeah, and see what they could do. Yeah. Because I have a I have a I have a very uh, uh, good suspicion that. The Suicide Squad is going to be a pretty good movie. <laughs> well, I think with Warner Brothers, their problem right now is if they don't get some films out there that are, are going to make the money that they need to as far as their return on investment standpoint is concerned, they're going to be in the same boat that Fox was. And it's going to be absorbed into one of the other studios. And, and I don't think that's a good thing. No, I... I... I don't. I mean, to be honest, I don't know who but would you absorb at, it. But well, I, mean, yeah, I don't either. But you look at like a film like uh, Doctor Sleep, which performed well with the audiences. All the right. audiences that have seen the movie, you you can read about it. They they have great things to say about it, but it did not perform at the box office the way they anticipated it to. Well, and that and that's sort of the thing that um, really gets me is like you know it's. Um, you know, I, I think people see box office like in two different ways. Um, one, you know, box office is an indicator of quality of the movie, which is wrong for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, or that if a, um, I don't, I don't know where people started to think that like one hundred fifty million dollars is not a, a a big amount of money. Well, I think that but, it's, I think that it's comparative to what they spend. As far as in production and then continuing, because you think about it, you say one hundred fifty million dollars, but let's say they make the movie and then they promote the movie, they might be in one hundred and fifty million dollars. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying, like, okay, so 
Okay, so say you made the movie for seventy five, and then you uh, you spend seventy five. You usually spend double the budget promoting it. Mm-hmm. So say you did that, uh, at least double the budget, um, or at least the budget. That's what I meant to say. Um, because I mean, budget has nothing to do with advertisement. They just you know the budget's the budget, and then beyond that. Um, if you okay, so say you spend one hundred fifty million dollars, and a movie comes in and makes one hundred fifty million dollars, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, that wasn't like a good performance." You just covered the cost of the movie and the promotion, mm-hmm. and the rest after this is gravy. Like I just I don't I don't understand. Well, well, it is, but again, you know the the actors get points off of the profits, and I mean, well, there's, yeah. there's, they have to. I well, mean, it's like any other business; they have to make something. But that's what makes going back to Joker. That's what makes Joker unique for Warner Brothers. Because it made buku bucks. <laughs> and because they made it like an independent movie. And that's what the studios have to go back to do. For example, Parasite. I haven't seen the film, but from what I've heard about it, what with the, with the director, I believe, and again, and since I haven't seen it, what, I, what I'm about to say might not be accurate, but I, but I feel like it is. Uh, uh, we, we've said highly inaccurate things based on movies we haven't seen before. Exactly. So you're in good company. <laughs> but but I think that when you have have a director that can make a movie outside the Hollywood system, right? And they have the freedom, not only creatively, but even in like working in the budget that they have and the promotions that they have, they have freedom that the studio system is not allowing. And somewhere, some of the studio heads need to take a harder look at what's performing well and what's performing not. Because from a simple investment standpoint, I mean, you're starting to look at it, and like to your point earlier, you said $150 million. Well, if it makes $150 million, well, everything after that's gravy. But you look at all the work and effort and energy that they put into that. Why not just invest $150 million? Well, yeah. No, I, I mean, I agree with that. I, I think what I'm just saying is that people people and and studios see that as, you know, an overall loss. So they're not going to – I think what happens is I think we need to change the way we look at how much a movie makes. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you end up you, – you end up not making stuff that mm-hmm. – uh, because it's not, quote, unquote, a good investment. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where you end up getting the sequels and the uh, the the remakes and all that stuff. And um, Parasite was made for like I mean the equivalent of uh, of eleven million dollars U.S. And I want to say it ended up grossing like almost two hundred million dollars. Yeah, right now it's it's at like almost one hundred and seventy million. But again, right. that goes back to my point. Think about that. So not only do you have a film that's a good film. That's well made, well acted, well directed, well filmed, well I mean well produced. I mean we go on and go on right. and go on. They were able to make it for eleven million dollars. So so it's a great film. It was made with a with a low with a lower budget comparatively, and then its performance is a hundred almost one hundred and seventy million. I'm just looking at it like if I was a studio head, I'd look at that and say, okay, I need to get back to the basics of filmmaking and stop worrying about these elevated budgets and, and just make good stories. Exactly. No, I agree, I agree with that. Um, well, and, 
And I mean, you look at something like Marriage Story, which was arguably a good film. Its budget was eighteen million, and the box office was two point three million. Right. So, so I, so I take that back. If you take the worldwide box office and the international box office and put them together, it's made almost two hundred and fifty. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it's. I, I guess it just really depends, and that's and that's why I say you know box office doesn't indicate the quality of the movie, mm-hmm. but. I, and I understand it's a business. I really do. But I just think that, like, and, and you have to be smart with your money and all that stuff. But at the same time, okay, you take you take a corporation like Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, they just made a bazillion dollars this year on two movies. Mm-hmm. Two movies. I mean, they've released so many other movies that made money. Yeah, they, they can make movies and lose money. Yeah, matter. exactly. But, like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like... Why? Why isn't Disney, who's in a very lucrative Taking position, to take risks on smaller creators and, they're not and smaller, risks. and they're yeah. not, and that's and that's what it is. Is like, and, I, and again, I, that's where your independent studios are going to have the opportunity to come in and build something, right? And I and I hope that it, I, you and I, I hope that at some point we're able to you know enter into that world, and if oh. we do it as an independent studio or, or however that works. Uh, more power to us because the fact of the matter is, is if you don't if you don't have to operate inside that studio system with those constraints, like I said, then you have the creative freedom to make your art. Exactly. No, I, I agree. And and you know, for better or for worse, George Lucas was always um, very adamant about being an independent filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and you're like, how can you be an independent filmmaker? Well, I mean. Fox only distributed those films. He had the rights to everything. That's why he was able to come back and make um, episodes one, two, and three on his own dime. Yeah, brilliant businessman. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and he made... I think being out of the Hollywood system gave him the advantage to be able to make all of these advancements that probably wouldn't have been afforded to him mm-hmm. in sound and computer-generated imagery and all this stuff, stuff that's the building blocks for what we have today. I mean, if you see a movie that has THX on it, like, or if you have a if you have a surround sound system that has THX on it, I mean, that's that's George Lucas, baby. Like, I mean, I mean, that's I mean, most movies are mastered and and you know their audio is done at Skywalker Sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, if you see Industrial Disney, Light and Magic, that's yeah. Lucas. I mean, all and, that. and that's a good point to note that the Disney uh, Blu-ray releases were always better when they were THX releases. Yeah, the the sound mixes just went downhill after they they moved away from that for whatever reason. And and yeah, that's for another day. But uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, we're we're already thirty minutes in, and we've talked about one movie one one category um but i mean uh, honestly i don't i mean i don't really care that, that's but, how that's how good we are we yeah. just need our radio show now right yeah exactly uh, if, if give us like three hours and and we could talk about all of these mm-hmm. um so i guess let's move on uh we'll do we'll do the main um we'll do uh animated and then the four actor roles and then the best picture sounds okay. good okay so uh, that way we're not, you know, keeping people too long. Um, so the performance by an actor and supporting role nominees were Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins, 
uh, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, and uh, Brad Pitt. And um, Brad Pitt won, and in this category, I don't even think it was close. Um, and maybe Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I, I was about to say, the, the only performance that I, I, I really, part of me expected them to announce Anthony Hopkins. Because his, his performance, man, I'm telling you, The Two Popes. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. And uh, I, I have a very good friend uh, who knows the entire story in and out. And, you know, we text back and forth a little bit about it. But it is a great movie. Great movie. Uh, so I was disappointed a little bit that Anthony Hopkins was not recognized. However, I do believe that it's time for Brad Pitt to have his Academy Award. Exactly. And and I remember them announcing um, this was this was Brad Pitt's second Oscar, or at least second nomination. And the first the one nomination. the first one was not as an actor. Right, right. And um and that really surprised me. But I mean see and that I think that's a testament to his performance that um and, and I like Brad Pitt. I think he's been a great actor for a very long time. But this was this was the one. Like, I mean, I think this was the performance um, that, um, I mean, that made it all happen for him. The only thing that I wish that would have been really cool is um, is if Leonardo DiCaprio would have won uh, Best Actor and, like, made it the pair. Yeah, kind of like um, they did with Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. When Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto. Yeah, well, and, and also I think just uh, what the movie was about that that mm-hmm. friendship bond between them two, and um, you know, well, the look on on uh, Leo's face, you you almost thought that he expected that to play out that way. I See, mean, he, he didn't look mad, but he looked surprised somewhat. Yeah, and it, and it was kind of it was kind of sad um, that he didn't that he didn't win because I think he did a really good job uh, playing you know an actor that, and, and I think I think probably what. Uh, <laughs> Probably what made them not vote for him was um, just because, you know, people vote with their emotions um, sometimes. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio was playing a washed-up actor, mm-hmm. and the Academy's full of washed-up washed up actors. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, probably it made a lot of people uncomfortable to see Leonardo DiCaprio's performance as a washed-up actor. Um you know, I, I I I honestly feel that way. I mean, when you're when you're somebody and you see that same, you know, you have a certain defect. Not that being a washed up actor is is a defect or anything, but when you have some sort of character flaw, I guess, within yourself, and you see that character flaw on TV, mm-hmm. and you, it makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly. I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I I think I disagree. Uh, I don't think that that's how they voted. I, I could I can understand the um, how somebody could feel that way, right? No, well, and and that's the thing. I'm not saying, but I think, but I think that I think that it, I think that you're right. The Academy is very emotional with the way that they vote. Like you know, I think a lot of it has to do with how do they feel once they once the credits are rolling on the film, probably. Right. Um, and, and 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 to be honest, I'm not trying to take anything away from Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Mm-hmm. Um. But but I think that here's what I think. In my opinion, Brad Pitt was the leading actor, and Leo was the supporting actor. Yeah, I mean, I could I could agree with that. Um, I feel like they got that backwards. So so that that 
that was awkward for me because that that's just how how I feel about the way that they put that together. Um, but I mean, I guess I guess in the movie, maybe Quentin Tarantino. Um, I mean, because they have to do the four year consideration, all that stuff. I think Quentin Tarantino intended for Leo to be the the lead role, and maybe. I mean, maybe his role just got cut down a little bit or something. Because I, I agree with you. Brad Pitt really seemed like the lead in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets he gets the... Um, he has he's more the, screen time. Yeah, but he's also the one that brings the comeuppance the most to uh, to the Manson family. Mm-hmm. Like, I, um, I mean, he's... I mean, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio gets the cool scene where he, where he shoots the flamethrower at the, at the one person. But, I mean... Brad they showed that on the Oscars, which surprised yeah, me. Yeah, I thought that, that was crazy. That was really weird. I, I wasn't but, expecting that. But they also, I, I thought it was funny that they included, um, I wish they would have included it in Brad Pitt's, uh, like when they were playing for his, for all the you know nominees for Best Supporting Actor, but they played it for Best Picture, mm-hmm. and that was um, when they first break in, and he's like... Um, He's like, I'm the devil, and I've come to bring uh, like whatever. And he's like, No, nah, it was something dumber than that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's my favorite line in all the movie <laughs> when he's trying to. I mean, he's trying to remember the guy's name, and he's like, It was uh, some like Rex. Mm-hmm. But no, nah, it's 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 one of my favorite scenes yeah. in the movie. No, but I but I mean, Brad Pitt. You know, um, he's another one. You know, I just realized that I have a lot of favorite leading men actors. Uh, because he's a, he's another one of my favorite leading men. Oh yeah, and he's um, he's really good. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, we need to do like a podcast one time where we just go through like who our favorite leading men uh, are as far as and then leading women as well. Yeah, and because right. there there's so so much talent out there, man. Oh, so much talent. But <laughs> but yeah, Brad Pitt. You know, uh, I believe the first thing that I ever saw him in was Legends of the Fall. Oh, okay. Uh, and that had to have been nominated for something. He may not have been nominated for anything, but I can't remember because this was like Legends of the Fall. That movie's like what? It came out in ninety five, maybe ninety four, ninety five. Um, I'm trying to remember when it came out. Legends of the uh, Aiden see. Quinn was in it, right? And Anthony Hopkins. Uh, let's see. And uh, Brad Pitt played the brother that was like the rebel in the group, basically. After some things that he had seen in World War One, um, anyway, but I remember seeing Legends of the Fall. What year was that? Now I'm curious. Uh, I think it was. I think it said it was '95. Yeah, '95 sounds about it right. It did. It did win um, an Oscar for Best Cinematography. Okay, that, 1994 was when it came out. '94, yeah. Um, but, um, but okay. So I remember. I remember in '94. Real, real quick side story. I remember seeing the trailer for that movie. I was, I was, I don't remember why we were at the hospital, but we were at the hospital for something and I was sitting in the waiting room and I saw the trailer for Legends of the Fall and I thought that that looks like one of the greatest movies of all time. I, I don't know what it was about it. And then Brad Pitt, you know, his character, that was the first time that I was like, man, I want to be Brad Pitt, you know, but because he he had that that charisma again, it's that same that right. same charisma that that you can have as an actor or an actress. But anyway, uh, so it's good, you know. So we've been following his career for a long time, 
And, yeah, and I, I think he definitely deserved it. And I think it. he deserved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I was very I was very happy when he won. Um, okay, so next up we have performance by an actress in a leading role. And um, right after that, we're going to do performance of an actress in a supporting role. And both of these, uh, more the uh, more the leading role than the supporting role, because I like who won the supporting role. Um, but I, I think this one was just... I, I think that this one was not a good pick for... Um, no, we, we called this one. We knew what no, the I knew, was going to do. Yeah, I knew... But they, they're wrong. Uh, yeah, I knew exactly what the Academy was going to do on this one. Even having not seen the movie, I knew exactly what was going to mm-hmm. happen because everybody was just gushing over the movie. And, uh, and like I told you, I turned it off. I, I don't know. I watched maybe 30, 40 minutes of it, and I just turned it off. I was just like, Renee Zoe, I, it was to me, her performance, what I did see of it was her trying to pretend to be someone. It was not believable. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I didn't even watch it, so I, I mean, I, I probably should watch it, you know, just so... You can have my copy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I try, I'll try to watch it and see what I think. I think that, you know, every movie should be given a chance, you know, if it's, it's nominated. Obviously, somebody saw something in it, or a bunch of people saw something in it. But, um, I think, having not seen the movie... Again, um, I think uh, Cynthia uh, Arrivo uh, should have won. Or my my main top pick um, was Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. Mm-hmm. And that's just because I really, really, really like the movie. <laughs> and Saoirse Ronan is a really great actress, and it would have been cool if she would have won for Little Women because I thought she did. I mean, there's a reason that she was the lead role in that movie, and it's just because she's a terrific actress. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else to say about that one or I, I like I told you before I mean it, it was I, I think that, I think I almost felt like they were just giving Renee Zellweger an Oscar to give her an Oscar I mean yeah. she's been in other things that I thought that she actually had better performances oh yeah yeah no, and this and is so not this is not it this well isn't it. no and uh, I mean I have I haven't been able to make that judgment yet but um, but I mean I do respect your opinion I um and that's the thing. It's not that Renee Zellweger is a bad actress. I don't think she's a terrible actress. No, no she just, but, this wasn't the thing she should have won for. Right. Um, but, I mean, and, and on your topic of talking about, like, really good leading women, I mean, all of these nominees could have been, could I mean, very well are in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, it, well, and that was the thing. For me, I, I just felt like, you got to look at their performances and, and, you know, and I tried to really, as they played the film roles, you know, again, I tried to like rethink about even my, my opinions because again, I haven't seen all of these, but when I watched those, even, you know, even Scarlett Johansson's performance. Oh, and Marriage Story was, was really good. I forgot how like just spot on it was. And, and you know that I, I wanted her to get, you know, best supporting actress for Jojo Rabbit. But, um, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. This was really disappointing to me again, because Judy is not, it, it is not, they could, here, okay, here's the problem. Here's the problem with the movie Judy for me, for what, from what I've seen, they could have taken this iconic person who has impacted showbiz and really honored her life 
with a well-made like movie covering everything from start to finish. I mean, there's so many things that they could have done. This is not that movie. Right. And uh, I, and I remember watching the trailer for Judy and, and thinking that it was going to be a really good movie. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to check it out and, and see what I think about it. Um, I mean, that's another one that I wanted to check out, you know, even though I don't think she should have won. And I, I mean, obviously thought that she was going to win just because I don't know. I just had a feeling and uh, subject matter and all that stuff. Um, so moving on to, uh, performance by an actress in a supporting role. Um, the only one, I mean, besides, I, I didn't see Bombshell, um, but I, I have no doubt that Margot Robbie did a fantastic job in it. And, um, I really want to see Richard Jewell. And, uh, I, I mean, I like Kathy Bates. Um, but I, I was really pulling for, uh, either Scarlett Johansson or Florence Pugh. And I'm not disappointed that, uh, Laura Dern won. I just, I liked her role in, in Marriage Story, but I think I said this in the other podcast. I think she should have been nominated for Little Women. And, um... I, I think that even though she, I think she did a really good job in this movie, but I think she did a better job in Little Women. And, um, I mean, every, every time she was on, I, I, in both of these movies, every time she was on screen, it made me feel like two very opposite emotions. <laughs> like when she was on screen, and, and this is a testament to her acting and how she like inflects her voice and like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like in this movie, I think she like almost made her voice like more like, uh, like almost like a higher register mm-hmm. to where like it was almost like everything she was saying was like, I mean, in defense of of her client who was scar- played by Scarlett Johansson, but like it almost like her register like made it a little more annoying, whereas in Little Women it was more comforting and happy and like anytime she was on screen, it was a joy to see her on screen. So I think you just proved the point then. Of why she won? Of why she won. Oh yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. And and that was one of the things, uh, so Laura Dern, she is probably one of my favorite leading women. Um, Every since, and the first time I really, um, remember seeing her in anything was 93 Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. But I remember she was brilliant in that, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, But, see, again, seeing these clips again, I was reminded, you know, she really brought a lot to that role. I mean, you know, I and I think that that's the thing that we forget, and and that's what I kept thinking when I was watching this play out, is sometimes we'll watch a film, the credits will roll, and we'll be like, for whatever reason, it could be what's going on in our life. It could be the most recent book we've read. It could be another movie that we might have seen recently. We'll be like, well, that wasn't all that or anything. But then, like, time's passed, and you read a few more books, you watch a few more films, you have a few more discussions, and then you remember that performance, and you're like, wait a second, that was actually a really good performance. Yeah. And for me, that's kind of like what I, I was thinking when she won. I was yeah. like, you know what, that, that was really... Well, no, and, and Laura Dern is, is a great actress. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we're in agreement on that. But um, I, I think, is this her first win? I believe so. I believe Which, so. Which, I mean, more power to her. I think this, 
even though I wanted Scarlett Johansson to win or Florence Pugh to win, um, I, it's it's one of I those really it's too, it's man. one of those categories where Scarlett I think Johansson. I mean for JJ Wright. Yeah, no, but um, I think I think in this category, it's one of those ones where man, it's a real toss up. Like, okay, so you just remind me though. Go back to whenever they showed each of the actresses when they were doing best support. I mean, best leading actress. Yeah. And you remember when they when I clicked to each of them, I said, "Oh, I hope she wins." And they could go to the next one. I go, "Oh, I hope she wins." Yeah. And then when they got to Renee Zellweger, I didn't say one word. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. And you just kind of looked at me. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But, no. but my point that was in the, then in um, best supporting actress, I, th- I think that I mean any of them, honestly, any of them would have been a good choice. Well, and it's great. I think the only thing you said was like Kathy Bates has enough Oscars. Like give it to somebody else. Yeah, I think. But I did say that. but if Kathy Bates won, I thought she might have won. I, you know, like, I did too when we when we were watching that. I was like, man, that's a good performance. Okay, that's another movie. I was like, that looks like a good movie. But Clint Eastwood is a great director. Yeah, he is. And um, and uh, Richard Jewell, like the movie looked and the way they marketed it. It looked so good, but I, I just never got around to watching it. I'll, I'll have to watch it. Um, I don't know if it's out on, on Blu-ray or 4K yet, but um, whenever it comes out, I am definitely going to buy it and watch it and see what it's about. I mean, I know what it's about, but, you know, mm-hmm. see what it's about in a figurative way. Um, so the um, the next one, I don't know if we really need to go over this a ton, but... Um, Best animated feature film of the year. Um, uh, it was How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, uh, Missing Link, and then, of course, I mean, obviously, Toy Story 4 won. Um, which I was kind of hoping How to Train Your Dragon would win, just because I don't think it ever won anything. And I think it's like one of the best series that uh, DreamWorks has ever come out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I, I was pulling for How to Train Your Dragon myself, but I knew Toy Story was going to win, and I, and I think that it should win because, like I, like I told you, I think that one of the most fascinating scenes in Toy Story Four is when they are in that um, resale shop, and the toys oh. are going through the behind the big uh, like shelving units and things like that, and the cracks and everything. And you can see the dust, you can see the thumbprints, you can see the spider webs, you can see, I mean, the animation is amazing. But oh. not only that, but the story, the story of, of Sporky and everything, I really, even though I know they didn't need another Toy Story, I really liked the story. And I, and I think overall, it was a great film. So I, I was I was okay with them winning, and also it provided my favorite moment of the the night in the Oscars when um, when uh, we got to see uh, what's his name I can't remember his name right now uh, sing a song Randy Newman, Randy Newman sing a song from Toy Story Four, mm-hmm. um, but yeah that, that was that was pretty uh, I mean he he just has like this like really distinct voice oh yeah that sounds crazy yeah let's let's go down to writing because there's a couple things i want to talk about okay um, in regards to that yeah so um so uh, let's see best screenplay which is um let's see best original screenplay um which was uh parasite and uh best adapted screenplay which was uh jojo rabbit 
uh, Taika Waititi won that one. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that, that Jojo Rabbit won at least one Academy Award. Um, because like I told you, I felt like it was a, I felt like it was a film with a, with a um, message of you know wake up, think about the way you treat people. You know, I mean, there's so much going on there. But anyway, what I wanted to say though is Rebel Wilson when they were interviewing at the uh, on the red carpet, she had a lot of things to say about the movie and everything, and I thought that was really good. But the writing to take the book. And put that film together. You got you got to hand it to this team. So I was really excited to see that they at least won an Oscar for that. No, I, I definitely agree, and um, and then rightly so. Original screenplay, Parasite, uh, won. Um, I think that yeah, and and from what I hear, Parasite. I mean, the more that I hear about Parasite, the more I want to see. I want to see it because I mean, it just right. And and, and again, it, it's different when you find out that it's not a horror movie. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, That's the only recommendation I have. They should they should have marketed the poster different. Um, well, and I think... Well, I, I say that without well, seeing it. I Maybe think, after I see it, I'll I think, change my mind. I think, once, I think once you watch the movie, the poster makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, so I just want to run through some of them real quick. We don't really have to comment on them. But um, cinematography, 1971. I didn't have a doubt. Um, all the other ones were really good. I, I was surprised that the Lighthouse got nominated. Not that it was bad, but that it was good, and I was happy to see it. Um, and then, um, I mean, you can chime in too if you want. Um, and then directing, obviously, this was the point where I wasn't sure who was going to win Best Picture. But as soon as they gave it to uh, Pong Joon-ho for uh, Parasite, I remember turning to you and saying, um, yeah, it's, I mean, this, it's, uh, Parasite's going to win Best Picture. I, I have no doubt anymore. And um, even though I said Little Women, I think after watching Parasite, it was a real toss-up for me, but eventually I, wanted, I, I ended up going with Parasite. Um, uh, film editing, uh, I was glad that Ford v. Ferrari won something. Um, and I mean, I'm not saying, you know, just throw them an award, but, uh, they, the editing in the movie was really, really great. Um, and then finally the one that everybody wants to know about, um, you know, that's the one, that's the big, you know, one for everybody, even people that don't watch the Oscars. Um, the best motion picture of the year. Um, was out of all the nominees, it was Parasite. And um, I think this is the first time a film that's won, which is now the new, um, it was the foreign language film. Now it's called the international film, which they did bring that to light. And I thought that was a, um, I thought that was a really good change. I think it opens it up to more people um, to be nominated. But um but the, well, I, this, think that, I think you make a good point with that because I think that there's some British films that we miss so many times. So right, and, a chance. and they really don't have it. A, a lot of um, you know, a, there's a lot of films out there that um, you know, like you said, like British films or like even like you know stuff like Canadian films. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of other places that when they make films that wouldn't necessarily qualify for the foreign language film. But now with this new international film and changing some of the requirements, 
I think that um, this opens it up for more competition. Uh, but I think this is the first film ever to win both the international um, international uh, film and best motion picture of the year. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I I think that some people uh, will think, and I think even we had this conversation about like, you know, maybe they should have just given it to somebody else, but. I mean, it's the best film in both categories. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if it's the best, it's the best. And we, yeah. we had that conversation. If you have the best movie, the best actors, the best whatever it is, whoever wins should win every category. Yeah. You know, even if you have multiple nominations. Yeah. And and, that's, that's, and, and well, that's how a movie gets. You know, that's how you have those movies that have, that are, you know, winner of 10 Academy Awards. Exactly. Best picture, best director, best original screenplay, best, you know. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um I think uh, there was uh, uh, what was the other one achievement for music written for best uh, the original song nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, when, they sang all of these, I think. Yeah, they sang all of these songs, and um, I think for a while I was like, okay, I, I had I'm gonna love me again from Rocket Man, mm-hmm. but um, I think when they sang Stand Up from Harriet was the one that I just really thought, okay, maybe this is going to win. You know, and when they did, I I felt like, to me, out of all the songs, when you hear them in in that format, when they're actually singing them live and stuff, I think Stand Up should have won. I mean, hands down, man. It was a powerful, powerful song. Well, no, I I, I agree. I think uh, think it was a really powerful song. And I think, you know, I think if it would have won, I would have been very happy for it. yeah, I mean, out of the two, I, I had, you know, I'm Gonna Love Me Again. I hadn't heard really the other songs except for the, the uh, Toy Story 4 song. Um, but I, to be honest, I think that maybe Stand Up should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I liked the, I liked I'm Gonna Love Me Again. But um, I think maybe they gave it to him because they didn't, um, I mean, this is all speculation, but I, I think that they maybe they gave it to him because they didn't, give them anything else maybe yeah i have no idea i was surprised that there wasn't a nomination for um uh uh, taron edgerton yes Mm -hmm. but uh no i i agree i think he was great in that movie but um yeah i i don't know why they didn't give it the same love that they gave uh bohemian rhapsody because i know we have differing opinions on this but i think out of the two um i think that rocket man was the better movie but um, again, I, I can't I can't deny the acting skills of uh, Rami Malek, as well as I, everybody was super confused why they won best editing, and I think it was just because they fixed what was like supposed to be a disaster of a film. Um, I mean, there was there was so much behind the scenes stuff going on in Bohemian Rhapsody that was it was pretty bad. But I mean, they came they came around and fixed it pretty pretty nicely. Um, but yeah, to, to see Rocket Man get nothing, um, besides the best original song was, uh, kind of a disappointment. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that, um, I, I mean, this year was, uh, even compared to last year, I think this year was more of a toss up of like who would win. Mm-hmm. And, um, I want to say I I did end up filling out an Oscar ballot. I never published it, but I um, I want to say even after the change the after the changes that I made 
to a couple of things like in conversation with people. I want to say I got like 14 out of the 24, correct? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I, I don't even remember. I, I know yeah. that I had like what I wanted to win and then I had what I thought would win, so I don't know what that means. But Well, and, and, and I, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it means that I got that many correct. Like, maybe I'm just a good guesser. But, um, I, I mean, this year, like next year, I could be a terrible guesser. Well, but, I, will, I will say this, though. I mean, 2019 was a good year for movies. Right. No, it, it really was. Uh, I can't remember what year it was. I don't know if it was 17 or 18. There, or maybe it was fifteen. I don't know. A few years ago, I would. I mean, it was just. It was. It was like, where are all the good movies at? And I mean, there were good movies that came out, but it seems like this year it was like just. It was. Our twenty nineteen was like just one after another was a good movie right after another, right? See, and and I agree. And and what I think was really really cool this year is you had some that were like adapted, you know, obviously, but um, I think for the most part. And, and even though the adapted ones were adapted from something, I mean, there's always going to be that. Um, most of the stuff was just, that was nominated, you know, for Best Picture and, and most of the other major categories was all really original stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, even take your, your Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Like, there's never been a movie like that before. Right. Um, even Joker. There's never been, I mean, even, the, I think the closest thing that, that's come to it has been The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like the tone of the movie, what the movie's about. Um, but, but even beyond that, still the dark Knight is nothing like the Joker. I mean, as far as like what it was about, no, no, what it dealt with. It's a different movie. It's a different world. Now there, there were like a few movies this year that were like kind of like descent to madness movies. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you remember that movie in the mouth of madness with Sam Neill? No, no, I don't. But it's I, just like a John Carpenter movie. Oh, okay. I have to I have to watch it's it. It's like where people like they read this book and then they just go crazy because they read the book. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of books that I read. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, you just when you said that descent to madness or something. No, I'll, I'll definitely have to check out that movie. But um, yeah, there's there's a few like The Lighthouse is like kind of a descent to madness type movie. Um, and then I would I would even think like um, uh, sort of. Uh, Something like Uncut Gems is, even though it wasn't nominated for anything, uh, which I'm still going to be brooding about for the next year and a half. Um, I, I think it, it, it would qualify as not really a, a Descent to Madness, but more of like a, uh, a high anxiety type movie. Um, but um, yeah, I, I was really happy that most everything on there, even if it was adapted, I think everything on there was super original. Um and even something like Ford v Ferrari, which you know, there was a, there was a film in the uh, it wasn't this. And I want to make a correction. This wasn't like a remake, but um, it was sort of like a retelling of of the story. I think uh, like it was a retelling of the story, um, but it wasn't the same as that Steve McQueen movie. I, I didn't realize that. But um, oh yeah, 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 it was it was a totally different story, but. Um, yeah, I, I think that. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to that you wanted to talk about? Um, any- yes, I did. So um, one of the things that um, we we've talked about, and I wanted to clarify, is the movie The Irishman, because I know that we had this conversation, but our audience has not heard it. 
but it has to do with the fact that is The Irishman a good or a bad movie? And and you would think that the way that I've said it doesn't deserve any awards or anything, that I might think that it's just a terrible film. And that's not the case. What I what I, I would like to say is it is it is a it could have been a great film because you have a great director, but it does not meet the same level, in my opinion, as some of his past films. And yet it seems to be getting the same praise that all of his past films got. And when you compare it to a movie like Silence that got nothing. Right. Silence is a hundred times better than The Irishman. Yeah, no, I I agree. And there's uh, there's uh, the, the physical changes in Silence look way better than... Uh... The physical changes in The Irishman. Yeah. Um, well, and if, if the audience isn't familiar with that, it's about a priest struggling with his faith, and it has Dennis's favorite actor in it. So that's yeah, all you Adam need to go check it out. But but that's all it is. Is it's it's when you compare the body of work, the director's body of work. I have a hard time understanding why The Irishman is celebrated the way that it is when you look at his past movies. I just, I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. I, and like, I think we talked about this, um, you know, before that, uh, just, I, I, and I'm glad you clarified it on the podcast that, you know, this movie isn't a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, by any stretch of the imagination, I don't think Martin Scorsese has it in him to make a bad movie. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, he's, he's, he's still one of the greatest directors of all time. Yeah, and, and he's one of he's one of he's one of my top five favorite directors. Well, and I think I think one thing that you know I feel like we always try to clarify: hey, uh, we don't think Martin Scorsese is a bad guy. Well, because but I think like, what it is is people take what you say and and they they don't know where you're coming from because they don't have the context that, that it, you have. Right? Exactly, and and what I what I think is like I think that what happens is, and it may be like a subconscious thing, but I think that what happens is, is when you start talking about something like that and you start critiquing something, then what happens is people end up thinking that like you hate everything about, you know, whatever you're talking about. When in reality, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, the Joker, it's so good. It's so amazing. Uh, and, and I don't think the Joker is a bad movie. Like, I think there's good elements about it, but like, I think that, um, I think that it, it's not above critique. Um, I think there's very, there's things that are very good about it, but there's also things that are not really that great about it. Um, and, and I think that's the message that I want, I want people to really understand. And I think it, um, you know, when you talk about giving about giving out awards and, and all that stuff, um, I think that a lot of times people just really want to see what they want to see in, in stuff. And um, when you try to critique their favorite thing or their favorite person or their favorite actor or favorite director, you know, whatever, they get really upset about it. But, um, yeah, I just uh, I think that, you know, I think everybody needs to take a step back and say, OK, you know, my favorite thing has is not perfect. No, no nothing is, is perfect. And it's not above critique. And I think that um, a lot of the times what you'll end up finding is that when you do that, 
that your movie watching experience will be a little bit more well rounded mm-hmm. because you're able. And, and I'm not saying like the you know every, nobody can do this and that I'm super special because I can do this. But um, and trust me, there's a lot of movies that I see as perfect that are not perfect movies whatsoever. But like, don't tell me they're not perfect because you're wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, but, but um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like uh, Forrest Gump, I think is like possibly a perfect movie. But like, mm-hmm. it's not a perfect movie. There's things that are wrong with it. Yeah. But well, uh, well, it's just like uh, a movie. I, I don't know if it came out last year or the year before, but the kid who would be king. Oh yeah, no, that was a great movie. It's a, it, I mean, it's geared towards kids, but it's 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 probably one of the most fun family movies that they've made in the last like three years. Yeah, and people didn't watch it. People didn't go out see it. They didn't buy it. I mean, you know. And if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I highly recommend that you find it on disc somewhere because you're they're probably not going to do a re-release of that one. No, and um, I well, and and that's one thing that I wanted to say. I've I've watched I watch a lot of videos like video essays and stuff about movies, and um, on YouTube, and one of them was talking about how like they just can't make a good King Arthur movie, mm-hmm. and um, and almost the same with Robin Hood, but um, I think that I think that the kid who would be king is like one of the best King Arthur movies of all time. It might be the best King Arthur movie that I've seen in a long while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the way that they did it was great. Um, you know, so anyway, between um, recording podcast, I did have a chance to see Ford versus Ferrari, or Ford v Ferrari, I guess is the uh, the correct title. But um, it was so much fun. Yeah, no, like, it was great. Uh, it was, it was, it was. Amazing. I don't know if it deserved best picture, but I mean, I, I struggle with that. Because of because of the films that it was nominated with, right? Right, exactly. Because um, they were all pretty. I mean, you know, like I said, I can't. I, I was about to say, well, they were all pretty good, but I haven't seen all of them, so I don't know that I can say that. But Ford v Ferrari was so much fun, and Matt Damon, man, he, oh yeah, he is a great actor. So oh, is Christian yeah. Bale. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, you've got you got race cars, you've got Christian Bell, you got Matt Damon. I mean, what, what more, more do you, you want? want? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that's like, you take that movie and you nominate it last year. You know, mm-hmm. does it win? Probably has a better chance. Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, man, what you're nominated against is, um, is really an indicator of, of how you're going to do. You know, it's, it's just, sometimes you end up with, you know, you end up with the bad luck of being nominated against something like Parasite or um, Jojo Rabbit or something like that. You know, these films that even though your film is good and it's brilliant and all that stuff, you know, it's nominated against like one of the greatest movies, I think, of, you know, last decade. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, you, you kind of end up with that kind of luck. Exactly. So um, here's a question that I've been thinking about the last uh, few weeks. So many of the disc releases that come out, like if you have the Ultra HD 4K release, and if there is a special edition, or if there is a director's cut, or whatever it is, they're only allowing you to have that director's cut either on standard Blu-ray or digital download. Why do you think the studios are doing it that way instead of just giving you the 4K experience? Um... So if I if I'm if I'm thinking correctly, 
Um, see, I, um, it's pretty interesting. So like the digital, the digital download, I got the fate of the furious. Um, I mean, this is the one that I've seen it in is, uh, you get your, you get your 4k, you get your Blu-ray and that is the same version. I think it's the theatrical version. Mm-hmm. And then you get the digital and you get the theatrical version and you also get the extended, extended cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one recently, I think that we were talking about was Dr. Sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the 4k, you get the original, which I think is fine. Um, and then they, they throw it on the blue. I, th- I think it might be like a marketing thing. I think like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know really how to think because sometimes they will come out with movies that are just 4k discs. Mm-hmm. Like that's all it is. is the Yeah. 4K but you disc. buy the, you buy the 4k disc and you get the 4k, you get the Blu-ray and you get the digital. Yeah. I think, and I think so it's, it's that like, model that they, they're like, okay, 4k Blu-ray digital. And I think they want to preserve the original, the original release, the theatrical release on the 4k one maybe they think that that's the most important version to people and so they're like okay we're gonna put because like what if you don't like the the director's cut nobody's seen the director's cut Mm -hmm. so it's like okay do we really want to take the chance with the limited disc space that we have and put the director's cut on the 4k disc the one that's it's the reason that people are buying this is because they want the 4k release Mm -hmm. or do we just put it on the Blu-ray and it's good enough quality and, you know, if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, it's a Blu-ray and you can watch, you know, on, you can watch the original version on 4K. Yeah. I think that's their thinking behind it. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it in all instances, but um, I think that's where they're coming from. And I think it's a, I think it's a place of like, you know, preserving the original cut. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, so I mean that, you know, it's a lot going on. The Oscars closing up, you know, right. a lot of disc releases coming out. I think that if people will continue to check the Facebook page, you know, we are posting what weekly disc releases are coming out. If they want to stay yeah. on top of that. Exactly. Or if they want to do the digital download or digital rentals or go to Redbox, whatever that is, you know, cause everybody's not a collector, so they're not going to want to purchase a lot of these. Right. But, um, but I think it's still, I think it's still important that like, I mean, at least no matter how you watch them, I mean, watch the, um, I think watching the best picture noms, um, is a good, um, time capsule of what was coming out in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I truly think it was the best movies that came out last year. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you just gave me an idea. I wonder I wonder if the, you know, longer term, especially with the changes in the industry that keep happening with physical media, I wonder if, like, longer term, they'll get to where they only release on disc, like, maybe the Best Picture nominations, or, like, or they'll do, like, little collections or, or things like that just for the movie collectors. See, I I would buy that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, if they... if. I mean, they might move more toward that and then everything else comes out on digital. Um, that's not the route that I would really want. Well, I don't like, either. It's just that there's so much that, like, for, right now you've got so many 4K releases that are only going to be digital. Yeah. You know, they're... But, um, but, yeah, no, I think that... I mean, that's something I would buy if you release, like, okay, every movie that was nominated for an Oscar, you pay 
150 bucks and you get all the the documentaries you get the the uh, the all the anything that was nominated short film animated all that stuff you get it in a box and you know there you go mm-hmm. I'd buy that well and if they really wanted to even add to it they could release they could release it the week of the nominations oh yeah and they could even charge more for it as some of the movies are still going to be in the theater yeah no i i agree i mean do it <laughs> you know that's my opinion do it. or in, and even like if you buy if you pay the extra money buy the package you get your own oscar ballot and then they even do you know yeah the academy still does their vote but then they also show well here was the popular vote by the people who bought the oscar boxes who also yeah. watch and just to see like where the general public that purchased these packages where yeah. they would have ranked them as, right. as opposed to the academy it'd be exactly. fun to see exactly no i just was... gave an entire marketing campaign to the oscars there you go that the academy can do it so now that it's time capsuled in this yeah you know date stamp we're, we're it's all good. it's copyrighted it's all and, copyrighted but um well and i think you know you could even say okay like look because it's, it's not rare but it's it's not and it's not unheard of but like getting all the nominations correct Mm-hmm. Or getting all the winners correct is kind of a rare thing that I, I mean, I've never heard of. I mean, I think this is the first year that I've gotten anywhere close mm-hmm. to like, and, and it probably comes from me watching all the nominated, most, if not all the nominated pictures. Um, but like have the Oscar bout and it's like, okay, well, if you, um, if you maybe release it like three weeks before the Oscars and you're like, okay, well, if you get them all right, then, um, and it's time, it's postmarked before this day and you get them all right then like we'll give you like a rebate for you know you get your movies or you, free or you essentially get to come to the Oscars next year that might not be a bad idea mm-hmm. uh, the Academy if you're listening um. <laughs> <laughs> man we're just see we should be the new marketing arm of the yeah the Oscars. yeah yeah we should um, but I think um, unless you have anything else to say I think that's a I'm going to wrap it up for this week. Um, you know, um, I was, I just, I don't know if there's anything that's just on my heart today to talk about. You know, it's been a big, big day with the Oscars and all that. But, yeah. Um, I guess if there's one thing that I'd like to leave the audience with, um, it would be if there's any way possible that there's any film that you really, really like and you can make your way to your local retailer or to Amazon or your favorite site to purchase the physical copies, that you should probably do that. I agree. Because there is nothing any greater to the movie fan than living by long live physical media. I, I agree. I think, uh, I think um, those are words that I, um, it's almost like a mantra to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wake up in the morning and I, um, I, I, I started doing, um, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of, um, uh, meditation. Mm. Um, have you heard of meditation? I think, I think I have. Yeah. Like transcend, uh, digital you just, you just meditation. You just... Yeah. Um, uh, and, and they give you a mantra and, um, and, you know, sometimes they, you know, depending on who you're, uh, your um, 
your your your, your uh, person is that gives you your mantra. They might uh, they might let you choose it, or they might give it to you. And um, they actually gave me my mantra, and I was very surprised that um, this mantra was something that I, I you know something to uh, near and dear to my heart. And that is a long live physical media. So when I'm doing my meditation sessions, it could be 10 minutes, it could be an hour. I'm just uh, repeating uh, long live physical media, mm. long live physical media. Um, and I think it really, uh, I think it really helps. I think it really helps uh, prepare me for my day. And um, yeah, I, I, I have to try that. Yeah, you should sounds, try that. Sounds like something I mean, could relax me. I mean, get your own mantra, you know, but like, um, you know, I would, I'd be very surprised and shocked and happy if they gave you long live physical media. Mm. But uh, but your mantra should be very special to you. Um, and my 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 uh, meditation coach, I mean, he just said it to me. I don't know if he listened to the podcast or mm. not. But um, I mean, I I don't think he does. I don't think he knows what a podcast is because one time I told him I had a podcast and he he asked where to watch it. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think that he just he just reached deep within my soul and plucked this four word mantra uh, from the inner depths of my soul mm. and, and gave it to me. And it's it's amazing. It's it's unbelievable. But um, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this week. Um, um, I yeah. <laughs> um, no, this is this has been another episode of Extreme Close Up. And we will uh, see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.